welcome to here's a join us our review statement for a few podcasts i'll try to be next to movies but may indeed have to slice and dice them each and every month there's a thing and as it's may i'm doing a maggie movies putting a little bit of queer in your fear as part of summer of same sex tonight i'm covering a little known gay thriller you're killing me now this came out in 2015 and I tried watching this in 2017, and I made it 10 minutes in before I had to put it off because it was so painful to bloody well watch. So, this will be my first time honest opinion on this. I know nothing of this, it doesn't even have a bloody wiki page, and does little to no information on IMDb. All I know is it's about a gay serial killer trying to go, quote, straight, i.e. not kill anybody. So, let's just see if this thing is a good Dexter clone. With this unknown budget, this thing pulled in unknown. Starring Jeff, Jeffrey Self, Matthew McGilligan, Brian Safi, Eddie Patterson, and Drew Doige. Can't pronounce his name. Anyway, yeah, never heard of these people either. So, hmm. directed by Jim Hansen. The plot: George, a <coughs> social influencer, dates a mysterious man named Joe, the man of his dreams. Too bad Joe is a serial killer, which Joe doesn't. Sorry, George rather doesn't believe because he's so hot. Until people start tying up dead, can George get his shit together, or is he next for Joe's wrath? Find out here. So after these three logos, one of which is Wolf, a so-so gay film production company, in um, bad quote handwriting font. And this thing goes all through the bloody movie, it's real fucking annoying. It does. It flash up Sunday afternoon, Los Angeles, California. Do we hear a frantic answer machine, remember them, message from a woman saying if she knew someone has killed someone and doesn't report it, will she go to jail? Why, yes, you will. That's obstruction of justice. Hmm. Anyway, up flashes one week before. Do we meet Joe, played by Matthew McGilligan, doing his best Dexter, and I kid you not, he's got the hair cut down, he's got the fucking skin-tight um, long-sleeve t-shirts and the ridiculously skin-tight jeans, and he's got the whole serial killer look down to a D. So why is he bloody well sued, to be honest? Anyway, he's telling the story of a serial killer who skins women and sews their skin together to make a suit. A Buffalo Bill, that's the lambs, Jim Archives. He's playing some sort of game with his um, friends, and oh my god, these are the worst kind of fucking people. These are loud, rude, obnoxious, and talk over each other just to get their point across. Kill them all now, Joe. Anyway, in this group is Joe's boyfriend, Andy, played by Matthew Wilkes. His fag best friend, Emma, played by Edie Patterson, who is beyond annoying, and all she does is talk and talk and talk and talk about some guy she met on Tinder and he stood her up even though he had arsehole on his profile she loves the bad boys yakety schmackety blah 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 again kill these people now most annoyingly of all however is Cameron played by Drew Doige a motormouth who spews out way way too much information because he's sitting on his phone constantly yet he will berate you at a drop of a bloody well hat because he's one of these douches that thinks he's super intelligent and he's not actual really. And then we finally meet his boyfriend, Lewis, played by Jack Plotnik. He's stuck up with his own arse, not at all. I hate these kind of people. 
Joe starts to feel uneasy, so tries to leave, but Andy won't let him, and continues on with this dumbass game straight out of will and fucking grace. Describe a person without saying their name, and get as many as you can in one minute, you're not a crappy little game, I mean, I hate parallel games. Finally, after 30 seconds of Emma and Cameron arguing if it's Salah, Jesse, Raphael or Raphael, it does this thing fucking end. Andy takes a mood and Joan storms into the kitchen to get more wine. As Joe falls, is in the kitchen the two bicker over fuck all. Which gives a group of vultures the chance to talk about how Joe is so hot and so handsome, but he's dumb as he doesn't get pop culture. I mean, go over your fucking cells or Jesus Jenkins. These are the type of people I hate. People that know a lot on one subject and lord over you. But ultimately, no fuck all because they're just not that smart. Also, here we find out Andy and Lois dated, but Andy dumped him for Joe. Bitter. However, Lois spends most of the night eyeing up Joe because apparently all gays just eye up people left, right and centre, you know. Hmm. One of the many, many annoying stereotypes in this fucking movie. So after the little tiff in the kitchen, Andy pressurises Joe into sex. Seems Andy is as easy as a two-colour colouring book. And as deep as a wet wipe. He's always having sex on the first date. He calls himself a complete manslut. So why Joe isn't falling to his knees or indeed his back? To this vain douchebag is upsetting this twat. Oh no. Poor little darling can't get his fucking bot bot rubbed. Aye. Joe says no, so Andy demands that they have sex that night or it's over. Goodbye then. Don't let him hit you in a fair ass because <laughs> I'm guessing Joe here is a gaby or a new gay. And this is his first relationship. And oh my sweet mother of bejeezable, this gets washed by the fucking minute. Cameron is boring Emmer over his dumb script idea of a cheap slasher he's writing up. I mean, welcome to Los Angeles, I'm guessing, where everyone thinks they're a writer, actor, director, producer, or indeed a star. Oh my god. Andy and his vulture friends then have a go at Joe for not drinking. And god, can these be any more stereotypical gay? I mean, sweet mother of bejesus. We have the pop culture references. We have script writing, sluts, day drinking, bitchiness, and they're all up their own arse. Can they be in a more stereotypical fucking gay? This is why I don't do the <coughs> gay community. Nothing but a bunch of backbiting, self-centred douchebags. So anyway, that night, Andy is half naked, and he's all over Joe like a bad rash, but Joe isn't into it. Like I said, Gibby, too bad Andy is a cherry popper. Someone who likes to uh, burst the pop, uh, burst the pop, burst the cherry of a new gay. Andy then berates Joe, telling him he's been patient. It's been five days. Oh, really, Queen? Enough is enough. I want. Oh dear God. Yeah, mate. Get dressed, order a taxi or an Uber, and run as fast as possible away from this fucking vain douche before he spikes your drink and you wake up next morning with your underwear around your ankles and your ass is bleeding. He just wants another notch on his fucking belt. He doesn't give two shits about you. Joe ever says he doesn't love him. As Andy laughs in his fucking face, saying, What's that? Oh, never mind. Okay, calm your ass down, Tina. He just needs another dick in his ass. Who in the fuck What the God almighty? Real charm of this guy is, he thinks because he's built handsome and rich, because of course all gay guys are rich, he can get any man he wants just like that. Andy tells him he'll do anything to please Joe. 
and Q, one of many, many fantasies of Joe has, flashing of Joe eating flesh, playing with blood, and decapitated dolls. What in the fuck? And it then just tells him to let it go, unleash the beast. Cue more flashes of pasta, Joe covered in blood, carry style, archives, dog collars, and glasses of blood. The fuck is with this fucking Twin Peaks crap? So Joe leaves to go to his car, where Lois is spying on them. He then retrieves his murder bag. Andy hears noises coming from the living room, so checks out, finding Joe has put plastic sheeting down on the ground, and he is indeed barefoot in the shadows. Run! Andy, however, being a twat, approaches Joe because he thinks this is a kinky Dexter fantasy. So he plays along until Joe stabs him with a completely fucking plastic looking knife. Then the room starts filling with light as hippie trippy music plays and Joe gets his orgasm on. Okay. Andy pulls out the knife and stands there pissing out blood as Joe sticks him with his finger and the wound plays with the wounds. The fuck? Andy then falls down to the ground as Joe does stuff to his dead body or dying body. Up pops the title. Now splattered in blood, Joe returns to the bedroom to watch a YouTube video of a sketch done by George, played by Jeff Self. He pretends to be a serial killer and talks about how he can kill people with ease. Da, 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 da. What the fuck? No chance YouTube would let us stay up for long. So, 15 minutes into this 90 minute movie, and this is where I stopped watching this back in 2017. This is beyond insulting, and indeed, it just... Oh, my headache was going to explode when I watched this at first. Mm. Anyway, Joe finds this, this is funny, as the video says it's easier to chop up a body for burying it than burying it whole. Monday, in handwriting font. Cut to George telling his YouTube partner, Barnes, played by Brian Safi, he has an idea for the next sketch, i.e. a play on the Duck Dynasty, how dated is that, called Fuck Dynasty, where Barnes has to suck off a cream-filled dildo. Yeah, great fucking wholesome YouTube stuff there, I mean, I'm guessing they'll love that one. Hmm. As we meet Gretchen, played by Rachel Shirkit, I think that's probably her name, their fag hag slash camera person who throws out deer but the boys are not interested in any of her ideas because she's just a woman. Sex is much. Barnes was out, what if he and George were redneck serial killers but they were also cook show hosts? Each week they prepare a new meal out of a new piece of redneck meat. The fuck? Also, Hannibal, what's the TV show idea back here? Gypsy bastards. Anyway, in walks Ted. Played by James Kern. He's Gretchen's boyfriend slash personal trainer. Of course, the two gay guys are over him because he's built and why the fuck not? Because there's yet more bloody stereotype. And walks yet another character. Jesus, because how many characters does this fucking thing have? Ollie, played by Sean Blotschultz, I think I pronounced his name. Barnsley's gamer geek boyfriend, who he chews out over not buying wigs on eBay but playing World of Warcraft all day. As you do, I mean, hmm. That night, George bumps into Joe, and instantly Joe hits on him, so he's not a gaby, then he's a player. Hmm. Joe tells him he loves his YouTube stuff, as since some music plays, ooh, ah, spooky. So, Joe straight up tells George that he just killed someone, but because Joe is so hot, George thinks he can't be a killer. Uh, 
do some research, mate. You are aware most serial killers in America were gay and good-looking men. Hmm. Anywho, George hits on him and invites him to dinner. Uh, mate, I know he's cute, but he's just told you he's killed someone. Plus, he kills small animals for fun. Yet, you still want him because he's so hot. Okay, then. George inputs his phone number into Joe's phone and finds it weird. He has no names or indeed any numbers in his phone. Red flag! Uh, Joe tells him he has no friends, even fucking redder flag. Tuesday! George is telling a jealous Barnes all about Joe and how hot he is as he's trying to find his socials, which he can't bloody well find. Barnes tells George he isn't a cruiser, but a long-term relationship kind of guy. However, George isn't listening as he's texting Joe back and forth because that's just fucking rude. And then he takes a piss out of Joe because he doesn't know what emojicon is. Not shit, that's just emojicon instead of emoji. Oh my god. Anyway, Barnes then complains about having to set up a party, which George is having at his house. Even ruder. Last minute at fucking that. How fucking rude is this guy fucking George? Cut to yet another one of these shitty YouTube sketches of the two guys dressed as bitchy hairdressers sleeping each other in really bad drag because that's hilarious, right? Wednesday! Joe is in counselling with his doctor, Dr. Strauss, played by Sam Pancake. He asks Joe how his relationship with Andy is going, as Joe tells him he's dead to him, as Dr. Strauss doesn't even bat a fucking eye. Hello mate, you have a guy who has been killing small animals for decades and is indeed a psychopath, but when he mentions the fact his old relationship is dead to him, you don't even have a fucking red flag. Hmm. Cut to another dinner party and yet another Will and Grace style game. Because, you know, that's all we gays do is throw dinner parties, drink way overpriced wine, gossip and bitch about shit and then play ridiculous fucking parlour games. Anyway... Seems this is Gretchen's party and she isn't pleased. People are saying Sister Act 1 and Sister Act 2 are not good movies. Who the fuck wrote this crap? Also, archives. Wait, no, this is Barnsley's home? Oh, who the fuck is this shit? Just got on with a fucking killing. I don't give a rock's arse anymore. Kill every single motherfucker on the screen. Then head to writing room, then the editor, and finally the fucking director. Because this thing is garbage. Anyway. I don't give a French fried titty fuck about Andy or any of these f Andy even or any of these fucking people. They're all shallow, vain up their own arse, vapid dickheads. Just kill them all already. Oh my god, Barnes and his gamer boyfriend have a full-on rage quit fight. What well, would be a full-on rage quit if you people can fucking act? So Gretchen and her bubble butt boyfriend raid the kitchen and slink off with an expensive bottle of red to fuck. I mean, where in the fuck is Jason, Leatherface, Michael, Ghostface, Freddy, Pinhead, hell, even take Glenn Glender? When you need them, honest to bloody God, just kill all these fucking vapid douchebags, give the fucking world a favour. Anyway, this leaves Joe and George on the sofa talking about how hard it is to strangle something. Uh, hello mate, red fucking flag. I don't give a fuck if this guy is your dream fucking date. He's talking about how hard it is to kill someone. Run! Joe then straight up says he will kill Ollie and Barnes with his favourite knife. Yeah, mate. Fucking run. 
All this intercut with shots of Joe naked, coated in blood, with a grin on his face. Ooh, ah, Dexter. Much later at night, so Joe and George didn't leave then? Awkward. George is in the kitchen talking about how great Joe is. Uh, with George going into great details because he is so hot and he's so handsome, but he's so quiet and yet he's so weird. The spot could be spent on him, not Joe. Uh, who the fuck wrote this shit and can anybody this vain and vapid? <laughs> Joe calls George out of the blue, tell him he's planning on killing Ollie that night. So what does George do? Call the cops? Nope. Try to talk Joe out of it? No. Well, he makes a joke of it. Tell him he'll bring him a blanket and a pitting hamper as Ollie and Barnes are having makeup sex. So, a guy you know for less than three days is telling you to your face he's a killer and plans on killing your friend, but because he's so hot, you do nothing. Yeah, fuck you. Also, this twat thinks because Joe's pretty boy, he can't be a killer. Hello, mate. Almost all serial killers in America were pretty boys. I mean, or indeed they were gay. Hello. Do some fucking research, you... Barnes walks out onto the patio to tell George he's just broke up with the gamer boy. It's his longest relationship to date. A year. What does he do? Why make a joke of it? How easy it was to do? Because this guy's fucking vapid also. Also, fuck this fucking writer. One year is not a long-term relationship. That's still the honeymoon period. If you can't even last more than 52 weeks with some person, there's something wrong with fucking you. I hate the certain parts of the gay community that think six weeks is a long-term relationship. That's a week in the real world is one month in the gay world. Or for every year in a relationship, it's ten years in the gay world. Go yourself, you coxic, fucking, sad, shallow, desperate little sluts. Try thinking of your big head, not your fucking little head, you fucking... Mm. Oh yes, and it gets worse. Gamer boy overhears... Barnes and George talking shit about him, so hands over the key and slinks off. Why, what does George and fucking Barnes do? Why, burst out laughing in his fucking face. Because fuck this writer, fuck this cast, fuck this director, and fuck this shallow gay fucking community. If I was this gamer boy, I would have hit Barnes with the fucking house key, gave that smug twat George piece of my mic, pulled him down from his fucking high pony, and then slammed the patio door so fucking hard it would have cracked that side of the fucking house. What a bunch of fucking shallow, nasty, bitter, vain, little acid queens. Yet these people wonder why they're so lonely and can't find a good man. Maybe because you're such a slut boy with swinging door fucking ass. Fucking lips. I mean, honestly, God, it's like fucking selling doors that just swing open. And you have a chip on your shoulder so fucking big it still has pieces of satanic stuck to it. I mean, also, your dream man is so fucking unrealistically high standard, no man could even measure up, or indeed no good guy would ever want to touch you with a 50-foot bar spool because you're so fucking STD original, and your fucking asshole is so fucking loose, it's like throwing a chip light up a fucking hallway. Honest to fucking God, give yourself your vain, narcissistic little fucking cock jockeys. Anyway, back to this piece of shit movie. Ollie returns to his car. To have a hissy fit inside it. Too bad Joe is watching and waiting to strike. Don't kill him. Go inside and kill Twiddle Dumb and Quiddle Fucking Dumber. Ollie then drives off to what was a cruising point to pick up some random guy. 
Really? You'll be dumped? You're going to pick up some... Oh, never mind. So Joe leaves the backseat of his car and stalks to kill him. Some random drunk who sees Joe exit the fucking backseat watches as Joe sets up to kill poor Ollie. And he just does fuck He just stands there. Joe stabs Ollie in the heart and then guts him as a spotlight covers Joe in light. As Freaky came if he put music plays, Joe has a fucking orgasm. Ollie, who is somehow still alive, is stunned to see Joe pulling out his intestines and showing him them. Then asks Joe why he can't feel anything. So Joe bashes his head in with a wrench. And wow, this is some gruesome shit here, but it's all lit down by this weird, hippie, trippy fucking music. Also, there's little to no blood in this bloody thing. I mean, you think the guy's been stabbed in the heart and his he's intestines literally ripped out of his body, with blood's gushing everywhere, and he's batting over the head with the wrench, but there's no bloody well blood. Again, this random drunk guy's just standing there. Either A, run, or B, try to stop the killing. Don't just stand there and do fuck all, because guess what, fat boy, you're next. Sure enough, Joe brains the drunk guy, killing him with one blow. Before he can finish him off, however, George calls him. I mean, uh, Joe tells him he's killed Ollie and some random drunk guy, and he will be busy all night burying these bodies because, of course, George thinks it's hilarious, and he just laughs it off. Cut to yet another lame YouTube skint of Barnes and George and drag doing gossipy hair on Thursday George is bringing a sort of boring Joe in some up its own arse wine bar talking about what else why himself his favourite subject Joe drops casually he was in a psych ward and has a doctor named Dr Strauss who would be pleased of this new relationship George doesn't miss a beat at this telling Joe he needs to get in touch with himself as he needs to be more deep because he's into yoga and shit. Yeah, mate, you're about as deep as a fucking puddle in the desert. Joe tells him he's off his meds, he isn't taking his doctor's advice and he's just going whatever impulses drives him. George thinks this is a good thing as he can't wait to see George, uh, Joe's wild side. Yeah, mate, red fucking flag. This guy's told you he's a been in a psych ward, he's killing people, he's off his meds, and he's going with his impulses, yet you think he's so hot. <sighs> Up walks Barnes to tell him he took his hamster to the vet because he thought he need, it needed Prozac. Then sits down to talk about real housewives, totally ignoring Joe. Rude. Who looks like he would kill every motherfucker in his bar for shits and giggles. Barnes then asks George if he's talked to Gamer Boy, and all George does is roll his eyes. So Joe tells George he has killed Ollie. I hate again, it's laughed off. Who in the fuck wrote this thing? Or indeed, who the fuck would act like this? I mean, <sighs> cut to Dr. Strauss's <clears throat> office, which looks like a fucking cheap hotel room set. And Joe tells him he's in love with George. Kidding? Friday. George takes Joe to meet his parents. It's only been a few fucking days, for God's sake. As inside a really awkward dinner, Joe tells George's mother he stalked him and now they're in love. Wait, hold on a minute here. He's Joe's mum, not George's. Okay then. Anyway, they are Candice, played by Carolyn Hennessy, and Joe Senior, played by Rani Draper. So, she knows Joe is completely insane and doesn't try to warn George off. 
It could be the fact she is a stuck up on her bitch who doesn't do a fucking thing for herself as she orders in waiver price food and orders around a maid like she's fucking some piece of shit. Also, her husband is a walking bottle of scotch. Anyway, she sends out yet another red flag saying this is the first guy Joe has ever taken home to meet her. Plus, it's only five days. She is really annoyed at this. Yet, George just sits there and grins saying he's a celebrity. Oh my god. She... And then takes Potshot at George, calling him a, quote, comedian, while looking down her fucking nose at him. George tells her he's a YouTube star. Oh, for fuck's sake. She straight up tells Joe is troubled, and she finds it weird how he hasn't picked up on any of this weird vibe Joe has. Uh, well, it would be if he wasn't as shallow as a fucking, I don't know, snowball puddle in hell. I mean, this guy is fucking vapid, vain, and beyond shallow. Moving the fuck on, Joe takes George to his room, i.e. the pool house, and here George gets pissy at Joe because he didn't stand up to his mother as she called him a fucking fool, or a fool rather. By the way, there's dead animal skulls all over this place, not to mention there's something pickled in a jar, I think it's a fucking human femur. Also, there's like knives and axes all over the place, I mean, how many red flags this guy need for fuck's sake? Run! George then tells Joe he isn't disturbed, he's perfect. So Joe tells him he'll get rid of his parents for him, which again is laughed off. Cut to Joe, standing over his mum and dad's almost dead body, who are now tied to chairs and coated in blood. And why the hell is a mother half naked? What the fuck? With the mother begging for her life, creepy shit here, as Joe pours gasoline over the house and sets a light. Too bad these scenes are in this fucking lame-ass movie. I would love it if this was played more straight and not in this completely shit campfest of a shit movie. Anyway, cut to Joe sitting in an all-white room with his bags packed as the house is burning down. Cut to yet another shitty YouTube video of Barnes and George and Drag. I mean, see what I mean? It goes from brutal murder scenes to this camp shit. Cut the camp and have more gore. This is supposed to be a fucking horror movie, crying out loud. Saturday. Joe watches along with Gretchen's boyfriend as Gretchen records a lame YouTube sketch of George and Barnes and bad drag. Fucking day drag at that. Hold on a minute here. George knows that Joe killed his parents and jokes about it. Is Joe the only one that's insane in this thing? Or is George a fucking sociopath? Mm. Ted flirts with George, which sends Joe into a jealous rage. So he follows him home and slices him up. That's about to have a shower. And this poor actor has to die completely naked with his giblets on show. I mean, I'm a bit time actually because a lot of these horror films where women are completely naked and they die. So, why not have a guy come out naked and die? Hmm. Anyway, Gretchen walks in to find Joe has stuck Ted in the neck with his knife. She is next as Joe guts her. Now both dead, Joe snuggles up with the nude dead Ted. Joe, who is now in post-bliss, calls George to tell him he has killed Gretchen and indeed Ted. And, of course, it's laughed off because... George isn't fucking listening, he's a fucking moron. Cut to another lame YouTube sketch. Enough of this fucking padding crap, get back to the serial killing! Days after his death, Lois returns to Andy's home to find it is empty, but he's left his phone behind, so calls Joe on it and asks, does he know where Andy is? Uh, hold on a minute here. Doesn't 
George said there's no numbers in Joe's phone, therefore how would he have Andy's name and number? Moving the fuck here, done. Cut to flashes of Joe playing with Andy's brains and his dead body. Okay then, Sunday. Joe tells Dr. Strauss that he has killed eight people, but of course the doctor doesn't believe him. He thinks it's all a paranoid delusion. Now, hold on here, you're telling me that no one reported the drunk guy missing? Or reported a house fire? Never mind, four people are missing? Right then. Joe then kills his doctor by wrapping the phone cord around his neck and chokes him to death with it. Remember phone cords? Cut to George pitching to Barnes. He hasn't had sex with Joe yet. And it's been a week! Oh my god, call the press! How about the fact he has told you he's killed eight people? No, nothing about that, just your vain, selfish fucking needs. Barnes then tells him to open his eyes, Joe is dangerous. That's all George can do is roll his eyes, saying he's too gorgeous to be a killer. The fuck? Out of nowhere, George then snaps at Barnes, calling him jealous and too stupid, plus he was lazy for not dumping Ollie months ago, as that relationship was long dead. In walks Cameron and Emma, remember them, to have yet another fucking dinner party. Here, Cameron tells a disinterested George and Barnes, and he is missing. So Barnes tells them all about Joe, as George jumps to his defence, saying he's too hot, sweet, and caring to be a killer. What the fuck? As outside, Joe kills Lewis by beheading with a machete. Inside, Emma mixes cocktails, and finally the fucking penny drops, as Cameron tells George Joe it was Andy's ex. George doesn't. Listen, and is pissed off he wasn't invited to the dinner party. Really, mate? That's what you take from that conversation. And walks Joe with blood on his face, but still George doesn't bat a fucking eye. Even after Emmer and Cameron clock who Joe is, nothing happens. They sit down to play a fucking game of cards. Who in the fuck wrote this shit? Hello, mate. Your friend is missing for days. Gretchen hasn't showed up, nor has Ted. And Cameron knows Joe, yet you play fucking stupid card games. Fuck this piece of shit film. Enemy. Barnes asks why Gretchen and Ted isn't there with their usual ice for Chardonnay. Who puts ice in Chardonnay? Joe then tells him he's killed them. The rest laugh it off, but Barnes, who quizzes Joe more, this ticks him off, so he follows Barnes into the kitchen to kill him. Luckily, George takes Joe upstairs to fall around, as Emma and Cameron walk into the kitchen, looking for yet more drinks. Here, Barnes tells them Joe's a fucking weirdo, but they just think he's jealous of this hot guy. Upstairs, George is all over Joe. Hello, mate. Time in a fucking place. Joe snaps at George, pushing him off there. Uh, pushing off him after the whole octopus hands shtick. Joe then kills the hamster by squeezing in his bare hands. George freaks the fuck out and calls Barnard for help. All this is intercut with flashes of Joe naked, coated in blood, milk and oil. Also, images of dead animals. The fuck? Barnes brains Joe with a laptop, then cries over the dead hamster body. In burst the rest, as George cries that Joe hit him and then tried to kill the hamster so Barnes hit him over the head with a laptop. Emma, who is now too buzzed to give a fuck, and Cameron now leave. Finally the shoe drops as George realises Joe is a killer, putting it all together that Joe killed Gretchen, Ted, Andy, his parents, Ollie, etc, etc. 
Emma then calls the cops. No, wait, hold on here. She doesn't call the cops. She calls her brother, who is, quote, almost a lawyer. And that's the call from the start of the movie. As upstairs, Barnes and George cover up, start to cook up a plan to cover up Joe's body and get rid of the, sorry, cover the murder rather than get rid of Joe's body. So they carry Joe's body downstairs, head to Gretchen Griffin Park, rather, to bury his body with Emma and Cameron in tow. On the car radio, a news report of Joe's family's house burning down, which killed all inside, plus caused $45 million in damages. What the fuck? How rich is this guy? Now all in the car, the booze buzz has now worn off. Panic has hit as they realise they have killed a serial killer. Off they go in broad daylight mind to bury Joe's body. Too bad, Joe isn't dead. He came to in the trunk and grabs a knife as he waits for the car to stop before killing this entire party. Deep in Griffin Park, does Griffin Park have a wood? Hmm. They park as seconds later, Joe chases him around the car and demands George gets in the car. Then hands him a knife to him if he kills his friends, they will happily ever after at his parents' lake house because the cops won't find that one, you know. Hmm. George thinks it's over as Emma has a panic attack. Weirdly, George flags down a car who makes small talk about Universal Studio Tour. Who the fuck wrote this shit? Also padding much. George tells Joe to go to a gas station with this driver and kill her on the way there. While he kills his friends. This works somehow. They all disperse. As George and Barnes talk about fast food, how naughty they are for wanting it. What the fuck? Days later on TV is reported Joe has been caught and is dead in fucking life. Uh, uh, it's death row for life. I mean, hmm, what the hell it is. Using their newfound fame, George and Barnes are finally, quote, social influencers with hundreds of not thousands of subscribers, a full social media blitz and a podcast. Does everyone have a fucking podcast nowadays? Hmm. Adam here. George and Joe are still dating from fucking jail. What in the actual fuck? As credits finally fucking roll. What in the name of all that is holy is this thing? A gay serial killer dating a vain and social influencer with weird cutscenes and bizarre visions. How very twin peaks of this shit. Mm. Awfully written, acted, directed and indeed edited. If this is supposed to be funny showing the shallow end of the gates, it fails. If it's supposed to be to show you how vain a YouTube star actually is, it kind of works there, however, because this guy's a fucking nut job. This should have been a straight horror, not this bizarre mix of camp and killing. I do like how this is dark and how bloody and disgusting this thing could actually get, but this just the calmness just kills it for me. I mean, you can't go from Dexter style kills to fucking really bad smosh level fucking sketches for crying out loud. I mean, mm, I'm gonna give this thing a 3 out of 10. Still, come back next week as I wrap up May Gay Movies with The Seed of Chucky. June is Sleepaway Camp. July is Eating Out Movies. August is Animal Attack Movies. September is Not So Superhero Movies. And October is One-Off Horrors. Now don't forget to like, share, comment and subscribe. Follow me on Twitter at Here's Johnny's Pod. And check out my other horror movie podcasts such as House, Resident Evil, Silence of the Lambs and many more. Also, my solo podcast of Zodiac, Gacy, Blade, Child's Play, and a more. A bye. And remember, I watched the movie, so you don't have to. Now I'm off to watch some Dexter.